Memories from Paris. One of my favourite songs of all time is X Factor by Lauren Hill, though I didn't hear it for the first time until I was 21. I was working in Paris for a couple of months in the late summer on a dance job that turned out to be nothing like what we thought we'd signed up for, but we had such a laugh most of us decided to stay anyway. Plus, it was Paris. We lived on the outskirts, but I took the train to the centre most days off we had, exploring the city that I had pretty much always dreamed about, drinking in the beautiful architecture and atmosphere of one of the world's greatest cities, romanticising everything, as most are wont to do. It felt familiar to me, Paris, like I was remembering something I used to know rather than experiencing it for the first time. It's a peculiar sensation to know you have not been somewhere before and yet feel the quiet calm of homecoming passing over you. It makes no sense, and yet the feeling is real. Cities are the only places so far to encourage this in me, Liverpool and New York being the only other two of note. I've often wondered what that's about. Of course the thing they have in common is that they are large, exciting cities. Maybe it's because all of my life as I stared out at the country roads on the way to school, or spent so many nights in my bed in the sometimes eerie quiet of the suburban village I grew up in, I was dreaming of the city. Maybe big cities feel familiar because I spent so much of my life dreaming about them, that being there feels like something I imagined is being actualised, like I finally arrived. We did a lot of drinking when we were there, which wasn't really suited to my temperament at the time. I'd become obsessed with auditioning in my last year at college, and therefore since January had taken a step back on drinking and partying to excess. I also had a big job coming up in the new year that I feared I wasn't actually good enough to do, though I never would have admitted that. So I didn't want to play with fire. I'm not exactly sure how being drunk six months before the job began had anything to do with jeopardising it, but I was pretty highly strung about the whole thing. I'd had to work so hard to get there, and also to prove people wrong who thought I wasn't capable. They'd told me as such. It isn't the most helpful of intentions to begin chasing a dream with. I'll show you. Just watch me. Because it can lead you astray. It's extremely disappointing if you do prove them wrong, like I did, only to discover that you aren't happy, like I did, and that the dream that you spent a lot of time chasing, in large part just to prove that you could, was actually someone else's dream all along. During those eight weeks in Paris, The partying was happening whether I got involved or not, so I either joined in apathetically, nursing one single glass of acidic three euro white wine, or took it too far by downing a bottle, there really was no other way, before heading to the club. The latter usually ended in tears. This had a little to do with the wine, a lot to do with my mental headspace, and also, quelle surprise, boy drama. One of the best friends I made whilst in Paris was an avid music lover. He had an iPod that was seemingly never not plugged into his ears. He obsessed over music in a way that reminded me of myself in childhood, something that I felt I'd lost somewhat since I left high school. He had excellent taste, which is another way of saying that our taste was perfectly aligned, and he taught me how to listen to music again, really listen. That's something I'll be forever grateful for. We were both Beyonce fanatics, and spent many hours dissecting our love for the Queen with a fervour and passion that was truly beehive-worthy. Beyoncé and Jay-Z were on their on-the-run tour whilst we lived in Paris, 
and their date at Stade de France fell a couple of weeks before we came back to the UK. Naturally, I posted a picture of Beyonce on Instagram with the caption, No one compares. All my cosmic flow is going towards getting to see her in Paris in September. Hashtag bow down bitches. Hashtag flawless. <laughs> These were the early days of the gram, when I was clearly still figuring stuff out. It wasn't my cosmic flow that got me tickets to the concert in the end, but my amazing friends, who all came together, I suspect at the helm of fellow B super fan, to get me a ticket as an early birthday gift. I was turning 22 on the last day of our contract. They organised an elaborate treasure hunt before revealing the gift, each set of clues worded with song title tracks from Beyonce albums, working from her earliest release to the latest. Of course I knew straight away what the gift was, but I relished the chase, screaming and homosexual the whole time, adoring the effort and intimate knowledge of the discography required to create these clever clues. You can guess who came up with them. It remains as one of the most thoughtful things anybody has ever done for me. I was elated. I felt grateful to have friends so thoughtful who I'd only known for a matter of weeks. We'd all go together, a few weeks before we went home. I couldn't wait. I told them I was crazy in love. Another album that became part of the soundtrack of our time in Paris was The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, one of the greatest albums of all time. One that I wasn't familiar with before my friend introduced me. I'd remembered the infectious doo-wop, That Thing, from my MTV binges when I was younger, but the rest was all new to me. My friend was shocked I didn't know it, but happy to be the one to bring it into my life. He knew it intimately, but as we listened he would still gasp with delight at the start of each new track, knowing the wonder he was about to introduce to me. If you haven't listened to it, you have to. There's no album like it. The soul that pours out from her voice is unmatched. The lyrics are poetic and wrap themselves around you, become tattooed on your mind. The fusion of styles is unique and imitable. It is a masterpiece. His favourite song was X Factor. And from the first beat of the first bar, I knew that I too would love it, later becoming my favourite from the album. It's a neo-soul ballad with a beautiful melody, heartbreaking lyrics, and yet surprisingly, a drum beat underneath, as if inviting you to dance. It's a contradiction, but it makes perfect sense, and captures the sentiment of the song perfectly, which I think is summed up best by these lyrics. Tell me who I have to be to gain some reciprocity. No one loves you more than me, and no one ever will. We lived in these small, shared apartments, and I didn't get on too well with my roommate, so I often spent a lot of time in my friend's room, as me, him, and the boy he was sharing with were close. There was a night where we'd been pre-drinking there, but I didn't feel well, so I ended up staying in their room, falling asleep when everyone went out. When my friend got back, he drunkenly played X Factor, dancing freely and singing the refrain, care for me, care for me, I know you care for me, there for me, there for me, said you'd be there for me. It was far too loud for the hour, I knew the neighbours would be annoyed, and I was too given that I was sober and half asleep, but it was so endearing I said nothing, only laughing gently to myself as warmth enveloped my body watching him. When we eventually went to see Beyonce and Jay-Z, my friend and I ended up slightly separated from the group. 
We didn't really mind and even preferred it given our obsession was another level, so it felt like something we should share. It is hard to even describe that night, because it was so filmic and magical it feels surreal. But one of my fondest memories is when Beyonce covered X Factor. From the first beat of the first bar, my friends started losing it. It was like watching a dream come true. He was so full of joy and emotion as he cried a little and sang every syllable, and I felt lucky to be alone in that intimate moment with him in the middle of 80,000 other people. For the duration of that song, I watched him more than I watched the performance. It was perfect. It could all be so simple, but you'd rather make it hard. Loving you is like a battle, but we both end up with scars. These are the opening lines to X Factor. I used to spend a lot of time thinking of my friend when hearing those lines, feeling they related to my own experience. We had chemistry that was undeniable and special, so spent a fair bit of time trying something more than friends, or existing in a space that was neither a relationship or a friendship, blurring the lines but never discussing them. It was confusing and painful for us both at times, joyful and fulfilling at others. It's what happens when you're in your early 20s and you don't know how to navigate those muddy waters better. I was so naive, pretty fragile emotionally, and didn't know myself well enough to know what I wanted or needed, or that sometimes it just doesn't work out and that's actually okay. I used to feel a lot of regret for how foolish I was, the things I said, the ways I acted, like I was so sure. Being consumed with the feeling of unfairness that I wasn't getting what I wanted. And now I understand that we were both just trying our best, attempting to figure things out with the tools we had. I'm glad to still have him in my life as a friend. It's a testament to our growth and to how special the initial connection was that brought us together. I no longer listen to X Factor and think my feelings for him mirror those of the song's arc, but it does remind me of him fondly. I learned a valuable lesson from it all too. In any kind of relationship, not everything works out the way you think you want it to, but it usually, hopefully, makes sense someday, even if years later. On another track from the album, Lauren sings that truth. Everything is everything. What is meant to be will be. After winter must come spring. Change. It comes eventually. That song and those lyrics haven't changed. They've been there all along. Their resonance clearly skimming over the head of 21-year-old me. I suppose some truths don't present themselves until you're ready to really hear them.